This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. (whistles) Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However... When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time, injury time. Knockout takes, Almunia saves, knockout follows in, Almunia saves again. And now Watford are on the counter-attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Trondini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Hello, you're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. My name's Justin. I'm Peter. And we're a man down, but don't worry too much about that. He might be making an appearance later on. Let's say hello to our guest for the opposition view. Hello, Aaron from the Green and White pod. How are you? I'm good. It's good to be back in the championship. I bet. I bet. Welcome. It's nice to have you. Good. It must be bloody wonderful. I mean, a fair play for everybody who doesn't know, Plymouth didn't just come up from League One. They came up as champions and in fine form. And you've had a couple, you've had two or three pretty good years, really, haven't you? I mean, in terms of, we, we, we can go back a little bit further and you had some spells in League Two. You came up, you went back down. But as you say, you're back up in the championship. You had Ryan Lowe brought you up and then your assistant manager took you over and he seems to be going. Great guns. Tell us a little bit about the last couple of years, Steve Schumacher and, and what's going on down at Home Park? Yeah, obviously the last few years have been a bit a bit mad, to be honest. Uh, we're not <laughs> used to that sort of success. Constantly written off and constantly underplayed. So, yeah, it's good to feel optimistic and positive about football again. Obviously, before you mentioned it there, a couple of spells in League Two, I think it was a bit more than that. It was administration and being five days away from losing our club and yeah and nearly going bust and finishing by the skin of our teeth in 21st place in league two two years in a row so the transition under previously James Brent who brought us out of administration and then now Simon Hallett um, has been a slow and steady year-on-year progress under under Simon Hallett and the, the team behind the team get every single bit of credit that they deserve and absolutely heroes to every Argyle fan. Last season itself, I won't talk about Ryan Lowe too much. <laughs> Last season it itself, was, it was just incredible. I, I genuinely don't think I'll ever see a season that good ever again in my life. Like It was just one of those 
I say once in a lifetime, but with one league one with 101 points before. So mate, we might do it again at some point. But yeah, no, it was just incredible. Everything clicked. As I said, we were written off every week and we just kept finding ways to win, whether it's a 96th minute. We didn't win, but Drew in the 96th minute uh, up at yeah. Portman Road with Bally Mumber on loan from Norwich. Uh, that was a sweet one. Or whether it was a, a way at, at Derby turning turning around a 2-0 deficit to win that 3-2. Oh, it's just, I remember just as that title went up, just crying because I was like, it's never going to get better than this. Like, it wasn't even happy tears. It was tears of, oh, that's it. Like, never gets better. Amazing. You mentioned that, you mentioned Ipswich, and a friend of our pod is Benjamin Bloom, who is an Ipswich town supporter. And we were talking yeah. about everything, and he, we said about, tell us about who's coming up. And one of the things was, obviously, their Kieran McKenna is, is, oh, he's God on a stick, he is, he's brilliant. Steve Schumacher seems to be floating underneath the radar, and he went, yeah, but they won. And he, he said, they also won all of the games by you know, really tight margins as well, as you just described, getting those in. Was there a kind of a character to the side that's come up, and a resilience as well as playing good football? Yeah, I think that's it. I think he goes under the radar slightly because we didn't, because we didn't blow any teams away. Yeah. And occasionally we would take a hiding. Schumacher goes under the radar when compared to Kieran McKenna. And also, I suppose it's a bit of bias in the fact that Kieran McKenna spent several years at Manchester United. So all of a sudden that makes him better. Whereas whereas Schumacher's been at Bury and, and Fleetwood and that makes you less of a footballing man. But I'm not bitter. I appreciate Kieran McKenna for the job he's done. But if you gave Schumacher his budget, we would have we would have won that league by 130, 150 points. I don't even know what the maximum you could get is, but we'd have it. Ben credited you with the budget point. He said, no, we had the biggest budget. And I think he's very, not even begrudgingly quite impressed. Yeah, Ben Ben seems to be one of those Ipswich fans that actually actually understands football, which is good. (laughs) Putting it bluntly, I don't want any hate. I should remove my app tag from the bottom of that video. But yeah, we... (laughs) That's all right, that's all right, we're audio. (laughs) Yeah, oh, good. Stephen Schumacher is... I'm so glad he's going under the radar because there, there was links with him going to Swansea, which he turned down. There was talk of him going to West Brom, which he turned down. And I'm sure the vacancy will come up at Watford at some point. And I just, I don't see him going. There's only one club I see him going to and they need to be relegated from the Premier League and that's Everton. And under the... <sighs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, look at this. Look at this, everybody. Aaron's not bitter, and he's already dissed Everton. You're in the right place. Well done, Aaron. Welcome. Excellent. No, no, I, I'm just saying that they need, that they, they would need to be, I don't think they would be looking in the championship for a manager if they stay up. I think Stephen Schumacher is, without doubt, the best manager in the EFL right now for in-game management, man management, and tactical changes in-game. There might be other managers that are better, and have bigger contact books and can do better business. But even that, the transfer market, we've smashed that as well. But yeah, in terms of in-game management, there is, I'm not going to hear any name better than Stephen Schumacher. Very good. Don't worry about Everton coming for Schumacher. They've got Watford stuck in on their GPS and they can't shift it, it seems. They come to us for everybody. And don't worry, they grossly overpay. There's a couple There's a couple of players and you mentioned one of them there. And we all always love a player with a bit of a name. And Barley Mumba is a bit of a name. And yeah. he, he was one that when we spoke to Ben, he said, yeah, I'm surprised that Norwich let him go. And of course, he got on, on the score sheet on Saturday. On a, I think, was it on the left of a 4-3-3? Is that how you're setting up? Tell us about him and tell us about Whitaker and who should we be looking out for on Saturday? 
Oh, there's a whole host of things. Let's go through Barley Mumba first. He is outstanding, and he's one of those players that if if a mid-table championship side picked him up for four or five million, people would be saying that's a brilliant signing. But the fact that we've managed to get him for a million pounds, I do I racks my brain because <laughs> I, I appreciate that David Wagner plays with back four, and he said that there's no room for him at right back, which is fine, but. He played at left wing back all season for us. He's now playing on the left wing. I don't know why David Wagner didn't try him there when they now only have one left winger in Christian Fashnet. Yeah, well, that's fine. Not, I'm not going to complain if Norwich want to. No, that's fine. That's fine. Let's just count these off. Ipswich, tick. Norwich, tick. East Anglia, we've done them. Right, where are we off to? <laughs> we must, <laughs> where did you get from? <laughs> we must be the most loved and hated club at East Anglia at the moment because obviously we stopped Ipswich winning the league, so that's a big tick in the Norwich book. And then we took one of Norwich's best players for a million pounds. That's a big tick in the Ipswich uh, book. So I, I don't know which side of the fence we sit on, but... Yeah, uh, everywhere you go. Are you having talking about rivalries? Are you having out absolutely large over Exeter and Torquay? And which one of the two is the main rival? It's really weird for me because I don't like Torquay. We love Torquay. That that's not a rival at all. We seem to play them every preseason. Yeah, no beef for them. We we send multiple young talents to them on loan. They progress them really well. Unfortunately, they got relegated. We we all wanted them to stay up. Don't yeah. There's no rivalry with Torquay. Exeter on the other hand. Building to Exeter. (laughs) Yeah, but even then, it's like a, it's such, it's not even a rivalry. It's like a little brother that you just like pat on the head and you're like, oh, well done. Like you tried. (laughs) I actually don't think we have a rival. That's why so many clubs try to force rivalries with us. Like Portsmouth, Bristol City's started calling it the, the Southwest Derby, not having that. Ipswich last season. And I appreciate most of these are like social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're just like, we're happy just being us and in our own little bubble. Like, we don't need to hate everyone. That's been reflected on the season previews we did for our pods. Literally every fan I spoke to went, oh, I like Plymouth. I hope they do well. And it's, yeah, that's because we don't really hate anybody else. Good stuff. Good stuff. But back back on the Barley Mumba, Morgan Whitaker, players to fear. Uh, yep. point. Yeah, there seems to be, we seem to have this ability to pick up players off, off the back of poor loans. Uh, Mumba at Peterborough, Kane Kessler-Hayden at, at Huddersfield. Yeah, um, we, we pick them up, we switch their position slightly and they look incredible. I think it'll be a big test for us coming to Vicarage Road because I think that's when we'll see which what sort of level we're at because you, you might be in a bit of a... <laughs> I don't want to say disarray after you've just won four nil, but your fan base seems a bit slightly negative, shall we say? And oh, I, t- I take issue with the word slightly. Um... <laughs> it threw us. It completely yeah. threw us. Winning. It was like what the what are we not what winning four nil. I nearly threw my season ticket back until I realised it was my iPhone. I mean, no, I come here for the chaos. What is all of this good footballing nonsense going on? It's the hope that kills, and they just try and peek us. No, we look much better for having really culled about three quarters of the squad and what we've got left. Our manager, and you know what a good manager can do, because it'll be a really interesting one on Saturday, you know, what they can do. And suddenly, rather than having lions led by lambs, we're the other way round. And the lads who are playing are putting it in because 
they've got something to play for because a lot of them are a bit younger. They're not looking at Watford as the one that's just after their peak or the disappointment of, oh, I'm not going to make it a Villa then, all right, I'll go and try the championship. We're, we've got players who are coming in. Very much similar to, to, to Mumba, who's you presume is taking a look and no disrespect at all to Plymouth here, but looking at it as, I went there, I played there, I enjoyed it, I developed, I got better. And that it's not a step back because he's still at championship level, but it's a step sideways, presumably, in order to go forward, but taking, presumably, taking Plymouth with you uh, as he goes. So that's really interesting. Who else other than Mumba? What about Whitaker? He was mentioned as, as somebody else that you bought in. Was he at lo- on loan last year? Yeah, so he was on loan for half a season last year. It was a season-long loan. Swansea recalled him in January. Russell Martin didn't know why. He said to the board that he didn't want him recalled, didn't need him. And then they conveniently had an injury crisis, which meant he got some. He got named on the bench at Swansea a couple of times. He didn't really get much game time. So I think they recalled him because they wanted to sell him. There was rumour that Rangers offered two and a half million, but they wanted more. And then in the summer, they sold him back to us for a million pounds. Swansea, another club who in the transfer window. Whether we've got something on them, I don't know. Whether we have some chairman's nudes or something. And we're. We've got a couple of directors of football like that, I suspect. Yeah, <laughs> I, can imagine, I can imagine. When we signed Jeremy and Gakia for a million pounds, you know that we've got something on you. Um, I, I, I take him, what, take him. Saturday, most of us would have gone, all right, after Saturday, keep your hands off. Yeah. Amazing what a manager can do. But yeah, Morgan Whitaker is absolutely brilliant he's he, when he first came in and I, I haven't deleted the tweet because deleting is cheating as they say I, I called him a donkey and I said that he was useless <laughs> and he, and he, he was when we were 5 nil, uh, 4 four nil down away at Charlton and then he just went on this mazy solo run and pings one in the bottom corner and then just seemed to grow in confidence from there and then just went on this fine form and finished as one of our top scorers despite, despite only being there six months some of his goals, again, including the, the win at home against Ipswich. I think he got one against Exeter at home in the derby. I could be wrong there. He got one away at derby. Just big goals that turned games yeah. and helped win us the league despite only being there six months. I think him and Barley Mumba and Callum Wright and maybe even Jordan Houghton to, to a, a slight aspect and Kane Kessler-Hayden all have points to prove in the championship they have other clubs to prove that they're they're good enough to be there and to say fuck you basically i don't know if i'm allowed to swear you might want to edit that but yeah no, you can say whatever you like here trust me <laughs> we will <laughs> they have they have big points to prove callum wright is another one that i think is going to go under the radar and just quietly go about his business he came in as a sort of whitaker replacement he came in and played in the 10 but looks like He's going to play a multitude of out wide slash midfield roles now that we've switched to a back four. Yeah, I think that we've got a lot of players with points to prove, and I, and I hope they prove them. It seems to be it seems to be a recipe that's really working because it's obviously working on the pitch because you've had the the two promotions inside of kind of three years. You're coming up, so one one question will be a, a little bit about what your expectations are for the season. But before that, one thing that's really interesting is looking at your average attendance because it looks like it's growing off the pitch as well. Because, I mean, if you go back to 1920, you were around 10,000. You, you were just and going back a little bit further there, not quite getting 10,000. We've all had years when we've been like that. Last season, 15,500, not unsurprising when you won the championship, when you won the championship in that year. But the year before, 13,500, you'd look like you've really, the club is pushing under, I can't remember his name, is it Simon Hallett? 
Um, and yeah, it's, it feels like the club is going gangbusters in terms of that. The stadium's always been big. Is it all in good order? Is there a feel-good factor in the fans? Yeah, just got a, a slight quick tangent. I, I got asked to do the questions, the away questions in the Watford programme on Saturday. Look out for those. But in there, I, I praised the team behind the team. Simon Hallett, Andrew Parkinson, Neil Juicenip, Jimmy Dickinson, even the ground staff, Like everybody's been brilliant. And, and they've said a few times that the expansion of the ground right now isn't a priority. Man. And, that is, and a, a lot of people disagree with them. But I tend to agree because attendances fluctuate so much based on um, performances. <laughs> and because we're out on a limb, we're in the middle of nowhere, people can't really go anywhere else. So they just don't go. It's not like a Preston or a, okay. or a Manchester where you could just go and watch another club if you wanted to watch a team on the up. So the fact that we've now got 11,000 might be more than that, 11,000 season ticket holders. We're selling out every week, but you're going to when you're playing well. We redeveloped the Mayflower Grandstand, so that will look completely different from the last time that you guys came down, but also look the same. It's weird, but it looks nice. There's a few issues with the upper tier of that, with, uh, I want to say, a safety certificate. Um, So we can't fill that completely. Yeah, there's a few issues with the ground, but all in all, it's okay. It's... We're not going to be knocking it down and building a new one anytime soon. We're not going to be filling in the corners. We have a, I don't know if you've been to Home Park, but it's basically a horseshoe and then a main A long time ago, yeah. Yeah, the wind, especially on Saturday, the wind whips up and in and around quite nicely, making it a a difficult place to play, which is quite good. Yeah, so it's, it's at capacity. Could we fit more in? Yes. Could we sell another 5,000, maybe 7,000 tickets? Most probably. That it's just the cost of doing that. If we were to invest in that, we wouldn't be able to invest in the squad. Then we most probably wouldn't stay up. We'd go back down to League One and then not sell out anyway. So whilst we're vying to be a sustain a sustainable championship club, we have to spend the money conveniently and properly. And, yeah. and I appreciate that you you put more seats in, you sell more tickets, you get more money back. But to get those millions back that you, you'd invest in the ground takes a lot longer. So let's just stay in the championship for a couple of years and use that sky money to to get sustain self-sustainable if we can very good very good it's interesting to hear where you are in that catchment area as potentially being well it's results oriented so it makes sense that they're investing in hopefully the future and the results and look after the football the rest will start to build in time it's really weird because when I was growing up and I'd say to people, I was going, I'll go and have an Argyle season ticket or whatever. There'd yeah. be loads of people in Liverpool, United, Chelsea kits. And that's changed so much. Like the city centre is now just filled with kids in Argyle shirts and adults in Argyle shirts. Argyle memorabilia everywhere. And it's just completely different. Going back to Norwich, I studied at uni in Norwich and like everyone there wears a yellow shirt and they wear it with pride. And you don't, you hardly ever see like a rival club or unless it's an Ipswich fan on a day out trying to like rub it in. Yeah. It's really good to see the city itself just back in green and selling out and on the up. Good stuff. Good stuff. I mean, we've, we've spoken to crikey Blackpool and other teams last season who'd gone to the brink, literally as you were describing there, who would come back and without, without opposition, there are no games. Mm. So it's, we always say opposition always enemies never. So that's vital. This is Ronnie Rosenthal speaking, and you are listening to Do Not Scratch Your Eyes. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. <whistles> at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. However, that's a great insight. Thank you very much into that, Aaron. I think, however, Justin, we have come to where the rubber hits the road with the completely rubbish DNSYE Prediction League. This is possibly the this welcome to this because the rest of the championship <laughs> realised that this was this shit last season and we've managed to make it even worse. For those people who, who, who bothered to listen last week and have bothered to listen this week, well done, well done. That's what we like to see. You will all be looking out, I am sure, for... What we do is basically Carl, who's inconveniently not here, Justin, and the EFL. You are playing for the rest of the EFL with a little asterisk saying, but not really Norwich and Ipswich, obviously. So you're going to be making a prediction. We also have prediction from a random monitor, a uh, as we, we're calling it, artificial stupidity. But we've also got we've <laughs> oh, also got predicting scores via backgammon, <sighs> ladies and gentlemen. I give you Mr. John Parslow. Here we go. It's round two in the Predictions League and it's Watford at home to Plymouth Argyle in a repeat of the 1984 FA Cup semi-final or as it's otherwise known, the do not bite your ears off George Riley Derby. The guys have got a lot to do this week, having been quite poor in predicting only nil and seeing Carl go top of the league. So let's see what we can do. Okay. Watford at home. Let's go, boys. Watford, three. That's five minus two equals three. And Plymouth scored three last week. Can they replicate that? And it's two minus two, nil. Amazing stuff. Watford stay top of the league. Three nil to Watford. Thank you, guys. See you next week. Now, you can see how bad it is there, Aaron. You can, we've got somebody here who decided, no, I've got an idea of how to make this load of old nonsense worse. I'll get the backgammon table out once a week. There you go. Anyway. I saw this on your socials for the, uh, the QPR game. I yeah. Think I, it pulled up a draw, right? The first thing I, I thought of was, that, oh, I hope they've got some green dice. So, there you go. Oh, he's prepared. Yeah. He's got him. He even filmed a little introduction thing explaining how it was being done. There was some method to this nonsense. Anyway, the other thing is what are we calling it? Artificial stupidity. So let's quickly draw that because Justin was suggesting that I was fiddling this last time. (laughs) So I'm going to share my screen. I said we should see. You shouldn't be suffering all of this nonsense. (laughs) A normal podcast wouldn't do this shite, but we're going to do it nonetheless. So. Here we go. Let's share this. Here we are. Here is calculator.net, random numbers. And what I'm doing is the upper limit is five because because the way the dice are, it's this minus this. So six minus one, 
would be or uh, you know would be the five would be the highest score. So I'm, I'm staying with with Mr. John Parslow here to see. It. And we're going to quickly generate the first number is four Watford four, and the second number is five. We're going to lose Whoa, four five. What a game! It's four five. Nine goals in a game. I'm looking that, forward to this. That is a doozy. <laughs> Even if we're going to lose it, I think I'll quite in, in, enjoy that game. We did once lose four five at home too. Black. Paul Blackburn, Everton. It was. Oh, Everton. was it Everton? Yeah, bloody okay. Everton. We don't like them at all. We've done that. We've got four five to Plymouth. We've got three nil to Watford. We go to Aaron, our guest, sir. What would you like to go for? What is your oh, prediction? I think Plymouth I've got. I think I've got to stay positive. I think the shock of your win at the weekend in your fan base and the positivity in ours. I think I've got to go. I think was it the last time that we played at Vicarage Road? The 2008, we won 2-1, so I'm going to go with that. We're going 2-1. 2-1. It's going 2-1 to Plymouth. Right. Carl has put in a uh, figure, but Carl is actually at the head of the leaderboard, having predicted 4-0, only on the basis that Richard Honey went, go on, we're really shit. So he did. <laughs> but, Justin, you know that yeah. Carl has gone 2-1. I do. But you could force him into retracting that. He's gone 2-1 Watford, by the way. What are you going to go for? <laughs> This is this gets ever harder now because you have to remember all the scores that have gone before. Oh, I'm so sorry. You've got to remember five numbers. Yeah, it must I know. Be a nightmare for you. <laughs> Yahtzee, or whatever it is, has gone three nil backgammon. Carl's gone two one Watford. Aaron's gone two one Plymouth, and your random thing's gone four five Watford. Okay. Uh, no, it's gone four five Plymouth. Oh, four five Plymouth. Okay. Four all right. five Plymouth. Four five Plymouth. I'll take that. Yeah, I, I think we would actually, in fairness. <laughs> Wouldn't mind seeing nine goals in a match. Um, four goals, four goals for the second time in a week. Brilliant. Yeah, I know. It's good for the goal. Well, it's not good for the goal difference, is it? Uh, I, I will go a comfortable 2 0 Watford win. There we have it, everybody. We have 1 1, have mysteriously gone 1 1, because 1 1 was very popular logic. <laughs> We've taken that off the table and it's got its own line in the column. We've gone. Four five to hang Plymouth. On, We've hang gone on. two one to Sorry, Plymouth. Stop. We've done two one to Watford, stop. and you've just gone two nil. Stop. Oh. So one one's got a column now as well, is it? This this, this one one has got a column. Like, do you want to see the spreadsheet? <laughs> no, I don't. I believe you. I'll I, show you the no, spreadsheet. I do not don't wish to see. Me on my don't, spreadsheet. don't show me your spreadsheet. <laughs> I do not need to see your spreadsheet. Okay, that was quite entertaining. That are you coming up, Aaron? Are you making the trek up from sunny Devon? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm hoping to. I've, I've. Only done Vicarage Road once, and that was in the home end. Um, I wanted to tick it off whilst I was living in London. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching a win from the away end because Brighton beat you that day, um, three oh, nil. Three nil, yes, yes. Was that, that the that Premier was, League that was season. Like the cube. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was the equivalent of being QBR at half time. Yeah. When you suddenly go, oh God, we're relegated. It's only 45 minutes. <laughs> yes, it was. It, absolutely yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> it absolutely wasn't was. good at all. Yeah. Now, I've, I've spent a few hours here and there in the, is it the Gog and Magog pub in, in Plymouth? And that's your Weatherspoon. Yeah. Yeah. I spent some time in there before. So, yeah, I, quite, I like Plymouth. I go there occasionally. Whenever I go down that way to the southwest, I'll often pop, pop into Plymouth on the way back. And, yes, yeah, it's quite nice. Maybe we might catch up with you. Are you coming on the. Club transport or anything, or making your own. Hello, oh, we might bump into you then. We'll we'll try and arrange that so we can maybe meet before the game. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be good. Yeah, nice. We, we've been informed that we should get a drink in town, right? Because you don't serve booze. Oh, yeah. The away end, the concourse is small. That's the worst thing about the stadium is the away end concourse. But of course, 
we're not really worried too much about that. But no, you can't get a beer in the ground, which is a shame. I don't think there's there a, is- a decent range of ciders in the in, in that's your drink. I'm, I'm being very stereo stereotypically Devon here. But yeah, no, so, no, do come up. We'll try and meet before before the game. It could be good. Yeah, sounds good. And your kit is getting many plaudits, even though it's not green and white. It's green and gold, isn't it? Yeah, I, we believe it's our first ever kit to not feature any white at all. So it's weird. The people love it, and neutrals love it, and I love it. But it just when you see it on the pitch, it's that's not an Argyle shirt. It's a green kit. So you were champions. You were champions. So you are allowed to use gold in the kit. That's the thing. Yeah, that yeah. The purists always complain about, but so why would it be good? I did. I did tweet at the, the beginning of the year, uh, beginning of the season, saying, oh, "Oh, please have a green and gold kit." And now we've got it, so I can't really complain. The away kit, though, is absolutely stunning. I think that's. I think that's secretly the best kit in the championship this season. But it's bearing in mind our our, our home kit looks like basically somebody's run over a yellow kit in a with with. Basically, they've driven through tar and then reversed over our one. It's I quite like it. It's quite, it's quite, it's, oh, Mr. Q, you well, can yeah. buy it without the sponsor in the shop if you want. You don't have to have the sponsor on the shirt. Just yeah, but then, it, then, then it looks like worse because it doesn't work. A football kit is weird, but yeah, what would be nice what, to have an alternative junior sponsor that. Yeah. What is what is the away kit? What what colours can we look forward to? Because I imagine you're probably going to go for a change trip. Because we haven't got any white in the home shirt. The away shirt and the third kit are basically the same color. I don't know why the third kit is apparently pink. It, I, I've got eyes and it doesn't look pink to me. <laughs> I've got um, eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're both they're both basically white kits. The the, the away kit is a white kit. It, it looks a bit like Chelsea's two thousand eight two thousand and nine away kit. I'm not a big fan of Chelsea kits, but that one's quite nice. It, yeah, it's like a, it's got like a minty green and a and an Argyle racing green stripe down the middle. You'll see it on Saturday and you'll be like, oh, that's a nice kit. Um, nice. Look forward to that. Yeah. Brilliant stuff, Aaron. Thank you very much. Yes, indeed. we'd better let you go. Right. Um, we'll um, be in touch uh, in the week to arrange maybe uh, meeting up for a, a quick beer or something uh, on, yes, on Saturday. Um, lovely to meet you. Thank you very much for coming on Do Not Scratch Your Eyes. Best of luck for the season apart from Saturday and, of course, New Year's Day. When we're coming down yeah. to you, or some of us, I don't think I will be. <laughs> yeah, so we'll probably catch up around Christmas time to to do this all over again, if that's all right. Yeah, we have that 0607 FA Cup to yeah. to avenge. So down at home park, so hopefully we can we can write that wrong. I think Ben Foster that day is. Oh, I've never seen a player play so well. I wasn't actually there, but I've, I've watched the highlights, and literally anybody you mention, you say he was the best player ever to play at home park. They don't say Pele when he came with Santos. They say Ben Foster in that game uh, because he was outrageous. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116 123 
That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <laughs> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.